Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. Glory to God. So let me, let me just teach you some things about theology first before we, before we go a little bit further, because this is going to make a whole lot of sense. So a couple of things that we saw when we read in Genesis chapter 1, we, said, we saw that God separated the light from darkness. God spoke something. He said something. He said, let there be light. That what he spoke came out, and then he divided the light from the darkness. So the light and the darkness are two diametrically opposed things. They are never to be mixed. You can't mix light and darkness. You can turn all the lights off in this church, and you can light a match. Darkness will leave. So there is a rule, a rule of interpretation when you study theology. It's called the law of first mention. And the law of first mention is the doctrine that when you first see a theological construct or a thought in the scriptures, it gives you a fundamental understanding of what that thought or that construct is going to mean throughout all of scripture. Okay, so so in other words, let me give you a, a real good example here. The first time the spirit of God is mentioned in scripture is mentioned moving. And the spirit of God. And it's still moving. It doesn't matter if you read it in Genesis, Isaiah, Habakkuk or Matthew or in Revelation, the spirit of God is so the law first mentioned, so the first time that was mentioned, it was mentioned moving, and it's still moving today. Now, it doesn't, that doesn't happen with everything every time, but in most cases, there is a law of first mention. So I, I say that to say this. The first time the word light is mentioned in Scripture, it so happens to be that God brought the light, and God said two different things about that light. The first thing he said about the light is that it was good. Did you read that? I don't want to go back because I got too much to say. Okay? So he said the light is good. Who said that? Well, if God said the light is good, then the light is good. That's not too hard to, you don't have to go to seminary to understand that. He said the light is So if the light is good, the light is never bad. If God said the light is good, the light will be good because that's the first time it's mentioned. So that light is going to be good throughout all of Scripture. And then he says something else about the light. He divided the light from. This is going to make a whole lot of sense in a few minutes, I, I, I promise you. So when God speaks a thing, something happens. So God has never spoken anything that it didn't be. Come on, saints of God. There, there, there is not anything that God has said that creativity didn't come. There, there is not a thought that he thought and he said and he spoke that didn't come into existence. Amen. Amen. Including your life. Yes. And guess what? He said your life is good. Yes. Because he sees your life through the light. Yes. 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 We can do bad things. 
But he sees you, he view your life through the prism of the scriptures and his blood if you are saved. Give you that caveat. So God speaks, something always happens. There was no hesitation. He spoke, light came, and then the light was divided from darkness. God saw the light that it was good, and God, badal, B-A-D-A-L, badal, that is the Hebrew word that means to sever. So God severed the light from the darkness. There's a reason why God had to do that, because this is where church people struggle today, is because they don't know the light from the darkness. And there is no mixture in church. God is not confused about what he said and what he does and what he believes and what he has an abomination against. See, this is where the church needs to draw a hard line because I can't come up here as a pastor and preach truth and then I'm going to try to please culture because the message is counterculture. It started off as counterculture. It always will be counterculture. Because Jesus said that heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word will never pass away. So if God's word applied to everything yesterday, it's going to apply today. That's pretty simple to me. You don't have to go to seminary for that. It, it, it makes sense when you read it and keep it in context of how it was written. Amen? Amen. So the separation happens a lot. So let me just show you something. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 1. I want to show you some things here because God is about separating. See, we, we can't say that we are saved and we're not separated from the world. Come on now. Come on. The, the, the two things just don't mix up together. Well, Pastor, you know, I'm saved, but I just don't like going to church. You ain't saved. Amen. You think you are. But according to the Bible, you should want to fellowship. Well, if you don't want to fellowship, there's something wrong inside of you. And it's your spirit that's not right. Because your flesh is telling your spirit, oh, don't go in there to that church. That means your flesh is driving everything. And if you are carnally minded, the Bible says that that leads to death. That's right. That's but to be spiritually minded leads to life forevermore. That's right. So I'm just giving you Bible. I'm not mad. I'm excited about this, actually. But I do, my, my voice tends to rage when I get excited about the things of the Lord. So the first time we see in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, it said, and God saw. Did you see that? Somebody say, God saw. And then he also, in, in, uh, in verse 4, it said, God divided. Somebody say, God divided. Look at verse 5. It said, God called. Somebody say, God called. Look at verse 7. God made. Somebody say, God made. Look at verse 8. God called. Somebody say, God called. Look at 9. But God said. 10. God called. 11. God said. 14. God said. 16. God made. 17. God set. 20. God said. 21. God created. 22. God blessed. 24. God said. Are you seeing this? So every time he created, made, or set, or blessed, something happened. <laughs> so I'm trying to tell you right now, if God call you, whatever he said is going to happen. Yeah. Hallelujah. 
There is no doubt in your mind that it's going to happen because he wouldn't say all of those things in the Bible that came true and not come true for you because no word from God is void of power. It will accomplish exactly what he sent it to do. And you are nothing but a word in the word. See, Jesus is the word. And the Bible says we're not supposed to just have him in us. We're supposed to be in. And you are a word in the word. So if we're all words and we all come together, we God put the words together and we become a sentence, then a paragraph, then a book. Do you think God might be writing a story? And see, if you're not in church and if you're not in place, we're missing a word. And then you're trying to figure out why things just ain't happening because you're out of place. And your story won't come together because our story is fragmented. So you need to understand how, how, how much you're valued in the house of God. You're valued in the house of God. When people talk that nonsense about, oh, I just don't, I just don't go to church because it's just so judgmental. They ain't judgmental. You just don't want to do your mess. Church is unjudgmental. You just go in there with your little fleshly, sinful self. And then they say something against your lifestyle. And then all of a sudden, wait a minute, why are you judging me? No, I ain't judging you. I'm just being the light. The light reveals darkness. There's no way I'm going to go in a secular place and not let my light shine. Are you here with me? I told you I'm not angry. I'm excited about this. <laughs> Can't you tell I'm excited? Praise God. I'm about to come out of my skin. I'm telling you right now. And so, so, so let's go to Exodus chapter 11, verse 7. Exodus chapter 11, verse 7. Somebody said he divided. he divided. So go to Exodus chapter 11, verse 7. Okay, I love to hear those pages turn. They need to make an app on your phone that when you turn the page, it sounds like that. See, somebody need to do that. Y'all better give me some royalties on that too. <laughs> Praise God. Are you there? Exodus 11 and 7. Listen, for the sake of time, I can't read all of this, so I want to get right into it. It said, are you there? Yeah. Amen. So it says, but against none of the children of Israel shall a dog move its tongue against man or beast, that you may know that the Lord does make a difference between Egyptians and Israel. So, so in other words, this was prior to them coming out of Egypt. So God said that when you come out of Egypt, there must be something different about you. That I'm going to bring you out of Egypt. Egypt is a type of the world. That when I bring you out of the world, there should be something different about you than when you were in the world. So God is saying, I will place a difference. I, God says, I will put a difference between you and the Egyptians. This is why it was important that they didn't mix with everybody else. Because once you start mixing, you get contaminated. And when you are contaminated, you start looking like where you came from. Is this making sense at all? Can I give you some more of this book? Go to Numbers chapter 14. Numbers chapter 14. Keep turning right. I hope you like reading the scriptures like this. 
Numbers. Somebody say Numbers. Numbers. Now, Numbers is an interesting book. If you read the book of Numbers, it's all about numbers. You would get so sick and tired of how many folk, 20,000 here, 100,000 there. This got, begot, this begot, 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 begot. But you got to get through it because there's so many nuggets for living that's in the book of Numbers. Numbers chapter 14, verse 22. I'm going to go ahead and start reading while you turn. It says, because all men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, I, ha- I have put me and have put me, I'm sorry, and have put me to the test as you were. Now these 10 times and have not heeded my voice. They certainly shall not see the land of which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring it into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. So so in other words, there had to be something different. Now, this is God speaking about Caleb. Now, it's interesting to me that God looked at this man, this flesh, this little nothingness of a man, and said, there's something different about Caleb. Now, let me break it down for you, give you some historical context to this. We all know that Moses sent out how many spies? Twelve. Twelve spies. Twelve spies went out. One of them was Caleb, and another of them was Joshua, right? They went out. Why did they spy out the land? Yeah, yeah, see, let me go back. God said the land was theirs. If God said it, then it's theirs. But God also said it will be a land filled with now, milk and honey, that's a metaphor. It doesn't mean that the, the seas were milk and the rivers were milk and it was honey and you go and drink and it tastes like milk and honey. That's a metaphor. It means that the land was blessed. It was prosperous. So God said, because I know I spoke it, I want you to see it. I want you to see it before you get it. So God told Moses, send the spies out. I want them to see what's theirs. Come back and report to the children of Israel so they can go and possess their land. Because the knowledge of a thing is not the possession of it. Even though they knew the land was theirs, they had to go get it. There are some things that God wants to give to you sitting in this church right now, but you won't get up and go get it. It's yours, but you got to get it. You're not going to get it sitting down. And so here God is saying when they came back, it was Joshua and Caleb saying, oh, my goodness. They probably didn't say that, but I'm sure they were pretty excited. Amen. They probably said, oh, my Elohim. They probably said something like that, right? Because they, they're real eloquent. So, so they probably said, you know, oh, my El Shaddai, you know, something like that. And so, so but they came back. They were, like, they were like, oh, my God. Man, let's go get our stuff. And then these ten knuckleheads came and said, oh, we can't go because we be as grasshoppers. We like grasshoppers because they like giants. And they convinced the people to follow the 10. And because of that, that whole generation had to die because they followed man and not God. And see, if, you don't, if you're not severed from the world, then you won't know who's talking. 
And see, you might be following something in your flesh, and you feel good about it because it's your flesh, but it's probably going to lead you down the wrong road. Is this still making sense? Can I teach you something else? Can, can I teach you something about the difference between religion and relationship? Because, 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 because. <laughs> I have had too much coffee this morning, I ain't lying. <laughs> and I don't have any food either. I'm getting delirious up here, praise God. Sweating on my head. So, so, so religion and relationship. I know, I know. Let me, let me just, because I've said it myself. That, you know what, our Christianity is not about, you know, religion. It's about a relationship. But, but maybe I didn't go enough in detail to tell you what religion is, right? So you need to understand what religion is before you know what it is not. Is that making sense at all? So can I go a little deeper? Okay, let me give you Webster's definition of religion. Webster says, it is a belief in a god or in a group of gods, i.e. Hinduism, Islam, Judaism, Buddhism, atheism is a religion, and Christianity. So Christianity is a religion. Our religion is Christianity. Now, if you say as a Christian, I really don't want religion. You know what you're saying? I don't want Christianity. Again, I'm here to teach you something. Now, now, I just gave you Webster's understanding of religion. You want to know what the Bible says about religion? Go to the book of James. Because, see, it doesn't matter what I say about religion. But it doesn't matter what God says. Because what he says is final. It doesn't change. Right? So now, now are you learning something? I hope you're learning something today. Let's go to James chapter 1. Let's go all the way back to the right side of the book. <laughs> all the way back to the end. Don't get scared. We're not close to Revelation yet. I should have, that's the first thing I should have said when I turned to the book of Revelation. <gasps> <laughs> I don't know why people are so afraid of Revelation. That book is a blessing. James chapter 1. Now, I'm going to read this slowly so we can understand it. We're going to start reading at verse 26. When you get there, say, I have it. Okay, I don't have time to go through all of that. He's talking about being doers and not hearers, but I want to talk about, I want to pull verse 26 out. It says, if anyone among you thinks he is religious, if anyone among you think he is a Christian and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's Christianity is useless. Now, that's the biblical understanding of religion. So we got to get the secular out of the biblical. Because the secular say, you know, I'm not really religious, but I am spiritual. And you got to ask, what spirit? I asked him, I tell me, I said, well, what spirit, bro? Because my spirit ain't lining up with yours because my religion is Christianity. So when you say I don't want religion but I'm spiritual, then it can't be the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about from the biblical context. I'm not talking about what the world wants you to think. This is called truth. 
You came to hear truth, right? All right. You didn't come in here to be my friend. You came in here to hear the truth of God's word. And that's what I'm giving you is truth. Sometimes it's foreign. Because we don't hear enough of it from this area right here. So you want to read the rest of this? Boy, this stuff is good, man. I don't know about y'all, but I'm, I'm just exploding on the inside. I'm ready to run around the church. He just won't hit the keys yet. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. But if you hit those keys, I'm going. <laughs> Verse 27. Oh, my God, this is so good. Somebody say, this is good. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this. So now the Bible is defining what religion is from a biblical perspective. Is this. Well, what is it? Well, I mean, James tells us it's to visit the orphans. That's religion because that's Christianity. The widows in their trouble. And here's the last part that I like. And to keep oneself unspotted from the world. You know what that is? Light separated from darkness. That's why the world is trying to have this amalgamation of religion. Because in the book of Revelation, there's going to be this harlot. And when it talks about the harlot, the harlot is a coming together of all religions. Including some Christians who are lost. Just like today. And I'm going to talk about this particular Christian. I don't normally do this, but this thing has made me angry because I like this guy, but I am going to expose him for who he is. He is a secular humanist parading around as a Christian. Now, the person that I'm talking about is Kurt Franklin. Now, I don't know if you know this. He just has a new album that just, he just dropped called Losing My Religion. So when I heard that, I heard losing my Christianity because I'm a man of God and I view everything through the prism of the scriptures. So then I saw this link. I clicked on it. He was in this interview. I don't know if you know these people, but they're godless people. I'm telling you, it's called the Breakfast Club. You shouldn't be listening anyway. If you know about it, you shouldn't. <laughs> So I had to find out, well, who is this breakfast club? Because I don't listen to that kind of crap. Everything they talk about is sex and, and, and homosexuality. And, and I mean, it's, it's horrible stuff. So here Kurt Franklin is. He's coming to a secular radio station, secular radio station. Now, let me give you a difference here. I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm just saying, in what context are you going? Now, the difference is, if I get invited to a secular radio station, I got some questions. Because they need to understand, when I come, my light that's in me is going to expose their darkness. So I'm not coming in there to be their friends. I don't have to be their friends. I just have to show the light. Because if you, I'm going to give you a scripture in a second. I'm not going to go there. I almost went there, but I was going to have to take you to the word. So when... Light was separated from darkness. You remember the scriptures. So if we as light go into a dark place, we are supposed to separate.
I was so embarrassed because one of the girls that was on this crew, she said she looked at the schedule and saw it was Kurt Franklin. She was like, this can't be true. Why would Kurt Franklin want to come here? She was even confused because she thought Kurt Franklin is a minister. That's what, hold on, because now her flesh is like, oh boy, that rascal going to come in here and then he's going to start exposing stuff. It ain't going to be pretty. That's what she was thinking. She was nervous. But then when he got there, all he wanted to do was be their friend. He actually said these words. I saw the whole interview. He said, I am honored that you invited me. You honored? You honored because secular people invited you to come talk secular. And you honored by that. Is anybody seeing anything wrong with this picture? Now, I know what you're saying. Well, aren't we supposed to be like dark people? <laughs> yes, if you're going to tell them the difference between darkness and light. Yeah, yeah. But if you're going in there to be their friend so you can sell albums. Then it's not God. It's your flesh because you want a paycheck. Now, I'm going to call it what it is. Because we are exchanging and compromising the spirit of God that's in us. And I'm sick of it. And I'm willing to stand flat-footed and address any secular Christian. Because you need to know the difference between light and darkness. And you might be listening to stuff, and that might that spirit get in you. And then you come into the church. I don't know what's wrong with me. It's that music you're listening to. I know, I know, I know this makes people uncomfortable. I know it. That's why I'm preaching it. Because, see, if you're not in the Word of God, then you don't know what's in the Bible. This rascal says, I, I, I want to throw my shoe at my computer. So he tried to get all deep. Well, you know, the Bible, you know, the Bible says that, you know, that, 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 you know, we, 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 we make these vows and, and, and the Bible says to death do us part. I had to pause because I was like, well, maybe I don't know my Bible. Because I never read what the Bible said to death do us part. Now, that is a vow that we make at a wedding ceremony. To death do us part. So I'm, I was trying to check my Christianity. <laughs> I'm like, well, boy, maybe I need to go in there and read the Bible a little more. And I, I feel sorry for Kurt because you, you do realize that ain't in the Bible. But he tried to get all deep. And when he tried to get deep, the Holy Spirit wasn't there. So he had to come with a secular response. Yeah, he's out there by himself. All alone. And here's the sad part. He don't realize it. Yeah, happy. <laughs> and what makes people happy? Money. Fame. Yeah, okay, all right. My wife just brought up something else. Now, listen, let me, just, let me just qualify something before I say this, because as soon as preachers start talking about homosexuality, then all of a sudden everybody say, oh, he's just so judgmental. Let me tell you something. I love the homosexual community. With all of my heart. I don't like what they do. I love fornicators. I just don't like what they do. Fornicators, homosexuality, all of that right there. Same line. 
where I get mad with churches when they try to put one above the other. God sees it as sin. And if we don't address it as sin, then we've got a problem. Okay. So, they know they got him now. So they start asking him the questions that preachers are afraid to answer, including T.D. Jakes. If you ever saw T.D. Jakes try to answer that question, I said, bro, won't you just say the Bible teaches against it? Why are you, you going all around your elbow to get to your knee? I mean, they, they asked, what's that boy got that big church in Houston? Joel Olsen. They asked Joel Olsen about homosexuality. That boy had a, a 15-minute answer and said absolutely nothing. How you call yourself a man of God and you don't know the scriptures? Ah, I got to fill up that big church. That's probably why we got empty seats in here. Somebody ain't coming back next week, huh? I'm going to still be standing flat-footed preaching just like this, too. Because I'm going to tell you something. When I go before God, none of y'all going to be there. So I'm just going to teach you the truth because if you don't know truth, then you don't know what the lie is. So they asked him a very direct question about the LGBT community. Direct. Oh, you saw it. So she knows what I'm talking about. So, you know, the past ain't lying. This brother, heed and hard. I want more. If I was, let me just come here. Let me smack you. Really? Well, then he did something that just, oh, I was grinding my teeth. He tried to apologize for the church. I'm like, bruh, you don't represent my church. You can't apologize for me. I have nothing to give an apology for. I'm teaching the Bible. They did. Yeah, they, 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 they was all up in this brother's grits <laughs> because they had him and they knew it because he was compromising on the standard. Let me tell you something. Those three secular people knew God better than Kurt Franklin. They knew it was wrong, but they needed validation. Now, let me tell you something. You come in this church. I'm going to teach you truth in this church. Because when your kids come up and start talking about stuff, you need to know what you're talking about. And then, can I, I'm still in my soapbox. Just mad. <laughs> I'm just, I done stopped preaching. I'm fussing now. All right, I'm stopped fussing. But I think there are some fundamental things that you need to understand about truth and about religion. Religion is Christianity. Christianity is your religion. You can't put your religion down, otherwise you're not saved. Amen. And don't let secular... Oh, okay, one last thing. Can I get one more thing? <laughs> oh, man. So, so, okay. Now, if you live in that lifestyle, you in this church, I love you. I'm not, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the act. Because I get this stuff all the time. So it's like they're concerned about not being able to do things in church. But every time I turn on any kind of Christian television, I see them up there doing what they do. So what are you complaining about? There are churches all over America. You can go play. 
sing, get in the choir, preach. I don't understand the problem. You're being used. It's just not in here. Not on that level anyway. Now, it's not that I don't love the community. I love it, but we got the same standard for anybody. You in here fornicating, I see the same thing. I sure will, when I baby. Sit you right down. But because, because there should be a standard. Amen? Now, I'm telling you something. I, 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 I love, I, I can hang out with the homosexual community. Not a problem. I don't have a problem with that at all because I love on them. And if we can't show them love, then you have already missed it. And if we can't be a church of love, we've already missed it. Because I'm going to preach love, but I'm also going to preach what the Bible says. And just because I preach truth does not make me unloving. And it does not make me judgmental. What I'm trying to do is save their souls. And I don't have time to be flexible. Because time is winding up. And this life, eternity is a serious thing to me. I don't play with eternal, eternal souls. So God called me to bring truth to the body, not to befriend the body. Oh, by the way, can I? Okay. All right, I've been fussing. I'm sorry. Can I give you some word? All right, let me give you this word and we're going to pray. I, ain't, I didn't even get. Okay. So John chapter 15. I'm going to give you this and, and then I'm going to pray we're going to go home. I, I hope. I hope you guys are okay with this. I really do, because this was heavy on my heart today. Because I, I can't talk to you about being the light if you don't know that the light was separated from darkness. God wants you to go into dark places, saints of God. But when you go into dark places, you are there to reveal the darkness. You are not there to be their friend. John chapter 15 I'm sorry, 16, 16, 16. John chapter 15, 16. It says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain and that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you that you love one another. So one of the things about being a Christian is that we should love each other. We should not be mouthing off about each other, backbiting each other. We should love one another. That is the fruit of my religion, which is what? Christianity. I'm glad you guys know that. Verse 18. If the world hates you. Now, this is pretty clear. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. Verse 19. Now, this is where the rubber meets the road. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. And when Kurt Franklin left, they loved him. Why? Because now he's their own. There was no separation from darkness. But they were validated in their sins. Saints of God, that's not right. He could have, in a very loving way, say, you know what, God? Thank you for inviting me. I don't mean any disrespect. However, I got to address sin as sin. And I will weep over your souls tonight when I pray for you. But I wouldn't be a man of God if I don't reveal to you your sinful ways. And they would have respected him 
right there because they would have changed their language. Let me tell you why. Because light will always repel darkness. The moment you stand up in instant obedience, the Holy Spirit say, I got it. Don't even worry about it. Open your mouth. He said, if you open your mouth, I'll fill it. He said, I'll give you a mouth and wisdom that not even your enemies or your adversaries will be able to gainsay or resist. But when you're going in there trying to be their friend, Jesus says, because the Bible in my Bible is red. Jesus says, if you were of the world, the world would love his own. Yet, because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world into the light. Therefore, the world hates you, too. And that's OK. According to Christ. Why? They hated him. Why? Because they brought a standard. Now, here's the last thing. I'm going to pray. All right. Well, I got so much stuff I want to teach you guys. Here's the last thing. And then then here's what people say. Well, this is where Jesus would be. You know, they make that statement where Jesus would be in the club. Really? (laughs) Would Jesus really be in the club? Would he really be in the club? Okay. Okay. So I'll I'll grant it. Okay. Okay. Jesus come to the club. Right. But then what? See, that's the part they miss. Because if Jesus comes to the club, it transfer it transforms into a church. Mm-hmm. They don't say that part. Yeah, if he comes in there, he's still going to be Christ. He's not going to condone sin. He's going to address it. He's going to heal, deliver, set people free. That's what you are supposed to do as the light. I wish they would invite me. First thing I'm going to say is you come to my church first. Because, see, that's my environment. Before I come to your environment, come to mine. Come to my church. Just sit in my church. So you can hear some truth first, because, see, the natural man can't discern the things of the spirit of God, nor can he know them because they must be spiritually discerned. And so I got to get you in an atmosphere of truth. So when I come to your place, you'll be able to receive truth. I have no interest in going into a secular market to talk with secular people who don't want to change. Well, Pastor, you're not loving. So. I am loving. I'm using wisdom. They already know they're not going to change. They just want you to validate them not changing. And that's where we go wrong. I don't mind Christians going on Oprah and all this other liberal crap that's out there. But when you go, please, if you get invited to a show like that, please, would you please keep your religion? Would you please, for me, please, especially if you Member of this church? Uh, yeah, I ain't lying. Please don't say the church name. Please help me out. Don't say my name. Don't say the church. If you're going in there to be them people's friends, I'm going to say, no, depart from me. I never knew you. No, I'm just playing. I still love you. Amen. Come on and give him a praise in Jesus' name. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. 
That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.